This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. You got me, Kevin Hagelin, Corey Majors, Mike Bassick, and joining us today and tomorrow, it is Chris Strong. Now, gentlemen, we have a Rangers topic that we need to discuss. But before that, I'm going to give you the option. Would you like to know more about Chris Strong and potentially take him to task for something? Chris Strong, we have some questions for you today. And Kevin, I think you're the one that alerted us to all of this first. Are you ready, Chris? Hit me with them. Did you or did you not bring your significant other up here yesterday? I did. I did. I had a quick TSN shift over in the other booth, one hour in and out. Mm-hmm. Museum date after I, you know, I thought it was okay. Ooh, what museum? Uh, we went to Nasher. All right, Nasher. Yeah. But this was when we were here. Yes or no? Indeed, indeed. It, it, y'all were here. Now, follow up question: Did we or did we not get introduced to your significant other? No introduction. No introduction. I'm a little shy, guys. Corey, what are your thoughts? Did you go into this? the room where he was? No. Did I go into the room where he was? I don't think so. We very well could open the door, both of us, and said, hey, how's it going? And he would have introduced her. Is that true? That's true. So that that's, is true. That is, Ke- Kevin, communication is a two-way street. Maybe part of it's on us. Maybe it could have been my initiative to, you know, come in here and d- during crosstalk actually put her up to a mic and just say, introduce yourself. Yes, I think that's a good idea. <laughs> Will she be back at some point? Absolutely. Okay. Very bold. Your wife comes up here quite a bit. <laughs> Someone argued. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. No, oh, she does. Too much? No, no. I was just I, kidding. I don't oh, but know you if said my, some. I don't know if my wife has ever come up here. I don't I've seen think a- so. Adrian's come up here, especially during peace yeah, I thought. I, I mean, maybe one other time for during this, the year she might come up here. I don't know if my wife has ever been up here to even see where I work. And the first time I, like, remember, remember meeting your wife, I don't know if we met before. It was at 5.30 in the morning with my eyes half open on the windowsill at the hospital because she was going to be our pediatrician to check on baby Noah. And she's like, hi, guys. I was like, oh, my God, it's so early. I love the idea of a pediatrician, though. Somebody who just takes pity on you all the time. And they're just like, they just walk in and they're like, I want to have a pity party. Yeah. 
<laughs> I, I think that is something that we should definitely look into. All right. Now for the Rangers. Do we feel do you feel good about the answers that you've gotten from Chris Strong? Uh, what's the future in this relationship? Oh my Chris gosh. Strong. strong. I mean, we're already living together. Your last name's so. Strong, so that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> they are li- they're living together. All right. But you're fe- not married. Right. Not married. We kind of moved in together quickly. I, what are you guys' thoughts? Separate I mean, we, bedrooms? Same bedroom. Move Come out. on, the Beds same are apart. Bed, two beds? One bed. Not married. Y'all have do y'all have the sheet wall between you? Yeah, we'd actually build a pillow fort between each okay. between us every day. Okay, that's so. smart. Good, good. Better. I'm proud of you. Yeah, how, that's good. How, how long have you guys been dating? Just six months, so kind of fresh in the relationship, but uh, strong at the same time. So, I mean, I, I felt pretty good about moving in three months in, but that seems does that seem quick to y'all? A, l- a little little bit but i have no problem with it when i love love is love you'll figure it out right out of the gate you know and just to show the trust part that you really like living together i think is a great opportunity to learn if you can trust the person or not to do dishes to be honest with you and that's an important part from the 817 guys all my at&t equipment just started working and then there's this energy brought to the table from the 254 i have an iphone and AT&T services have been working just fine. So suck a D, Kevin. Oh, <laughs> man, wow. That is aggressive. That is wow. aggressive. Now you want to talk about the Rangers? Yeah, man. Okay. They're uh, the world champions. Damn they right. They deserve, if somebody texts in and says, talk more football, well, <laughs> then have your football team win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Fair. I don't think we've been getting a lot of those texts oh, okay, good. to talk more football, but uh, fair enough. Did you know, and what is your excitement level, that the Bochi power on this team has been doubled? There is now another Bochi in the mix for the Texas Rangers. What? Yeah, I'm, I'm Multiple confused. Bochis? I was busy, and we had a great dinner last night at Nick and Sam's with uh, Jeremy and Jordan. 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 Uh, so, yeah, so Brett Bochy has been added to the team as a professional scout. Now, with one Bochy, we won the World Series. With two Bochies, we can win two World Series. Is there a third Bochy? Yes, actually, there is. He has two sons. Let me ask you this. If they win the World Series again, do we you think to. you have to hire the next have one to. to win a third World Series? I- I don't know the whole Bochi family tree. Is there another Bochi that wants to be in baseball? Are we hiring the Ooh, five-year-old granddaughter who no, wanted no, no, to do no. the there's parade another, again? There's another son. I'm not sure about his baseball bona fides. I'll right. go look into Well, it. Brett Bochi did pitch or did play for the Giants uh, for a period of time. Uh, and it looks like, you know, I don't know. He's man. a 20th hey, round My graphic. internet's gone to crap, so. Guess what? You're a Tim Anderson fan? I just saw he's playing for the Marlins. Yeah. So he signed a one-year, five-year one year and a five no one year five million dollar contract so that his market he was on team usa last year at this time trey turner was the starting shortstop tim anderson was kind of floating around he would play second and a little short in some of the games and now he's gone to a one year that just seems like a big drop off when it we, does when feel we, like when a we think fall. about tim anderson besides last year the two years before that you would have thought tim anderson would have been I'm not saying anywhere close to Corey Seager money, but probably would have been around 15 to 22 million a year on a multi-year contract. Yes, yes, absolutely. Now, I wanted to bring up the notion of non-roster invitees. So, 
a year ago, Travis Jankowski showed up as a non-roster invitee. And we're going to get to more about that in just one second. But six organization in five years. During that time, he had a 211 batting average. He was probably about seventh on the outfield depth chart. Not, not a whole lot of fanfare for that. But now you look back on it and you're like, wow, I'm so glad that Travis Jankowski is a part of this team. So some non-roster invitees that we can look at, but also Mike, walk everybody through because it kind of, it feels like, hey, you're here. Your chances aren't that high though to make the team. Is that a fair way to put it? It is fair in certain situations. With the Rangers, I want to say it's fair, but if you're looking for a bullpen piece, or you're looking for maybe a fifth starter because you want to move, whether it's Bradford or Heaney, I think would be one of the two. You're yes. like, I'd really like to use him as a left-handed middle reliever uh, in my bullpen. Then there's a possibility. Also, your agent's job is to look at the 40-man. Uh, I'm going back in time here, but at one point, right before the Arizona Diamondbacks took off as a good team, they had so many premium picks with – Justin Upton, first overall pick. Steven Drew, top 10 pick. They just had, and they just had guy after guy. And they're like, we can't take any of our prospects off the 40 man roster. So your agent's job is to look at the 40 man roster. I'm, I'm, I'm going to use an example here. I'm not trying to take a shot at the player, but I'm using the example of, let's say, Cole Wynn. He's obviously on the 40 man. He was a first round pick. They gave multi, you know, I think it was like three to $4 million yes. to sign him out of high school. Well, the way he's performed, if, and this is a winning team, if you're a Danny Duffy, you look at it and go, and you're his agent, you go, hey, they got a couple guys they can take off the 40-man. Or they have three pitchers on their 40-man that as soon as the season starts, they're putting on the 60-day injured list, which opens up 40-man spots. So your agent's job is to look and say, can they open up a 40-man spot for my client if he wants to be on a major league? You know, obviously, we all want to be on it, but the ability. Does this team have the ability to either take a person off the 40-man or immediately put some guys on the 60-day uh, injured list? Do you guys want to look at position players first or pitchers first that maybe keep an eye out on? Uh, position players, Kevin. Okay, I'm going to hit Also, up- follow the show at KNC1053 on Twitter. Yes, absolutely is and there's an excellent article by Evan Grant who I feel like we've given a lot of props to the last few days is I want to spotlight two position players. Jared Walsh is a designated hitter and first baseman. He might have the most interesting story of anybody on the club. All right. He was an all-star in 2021 for the Angels. Do you remember what happened to him afterwards? He got hurt, and then things didn't go well. Am I wrong about that? No, I don't think that's a wrong assumption, but here's what he says really happened. He was having issues sleeping towards the end of that season, which then led to balance issues, headaches, and and essentially then spatial issues. Spatial awareness, like being able to fill up a dishwasher? No, not like that. Some people can't do it, though. You got to admit I, that. I, I Kids, absolutely if you're, agree. If you're talking about your yeah. sons, you are correct. Because my wife is like, put up your dishes. I don't want to do all your dishes. Just all you got to do is it's right there. Put them in the sink, wash them off decently, and then just put it in the dishwasher. And then you're like, like 
Man, it's amazing how you can make five cups take up that much space, but you guys did it. Yeah, congratulations. So for Walsh, he struggled with this for almost two years. He went to a neurological clinic in Utah, and we're still not sure if he got a diagnosis beyond just neurological issues. He said it wasn't a concussion. He said he's never had a concussion. It could have been a virus. He's honestly not either not sure or not sharing what has happened, but he said he feels back on track now and he thinks he can blend in well with the culture. So this is interesting because it's not someone who's necessarily a cast off just because, well, they're not good anymore or they've struggled. He's struggled for potentially medical reasons, it sounds like. Here's what I wonder. I'm just throwing this out. Because Nate Lowe is left-handed, left-handed hitter, and so is Jared Walsh, I just want I think he can make the team. I'm not saying he can't, but I'm just wondering if it makes it difficult Less where likely. you're looking like, hey, yeah. the days we want to give Nate Lowe off, we want to give him off against left-handed pitchers. But then replacing him with another left-handed hitter doesn't make the most sense. So I would say he can still make the team. It's it's great if he does because there is potential there. Now, he is an older guy. Sometimes you think, wow, it was his first season as a full-time player in the major leagues, but he was 27 years old in 2021, so he is 30 years old this yeah. year. So when you look at it, you always have to say to yourself, how much improvement can this person make, or can he get back to, to your point, the all-star who had 29 home runs, 98 RBIs, and an 850 uh, on-base uh, slugging percentage that all-star year now this next person would be more of a depth move matt duffy and the interesting thing about matt duffy is he had a bench roll with bochi and the giants in 2014 at which time he played all five infield positions nice. at one time or another oh i was like at one time no, that no, was no, amazing no. or another individually <laughs> is Corey seager's coming back from sports hernia surgery. Josh Young, he got hurt. I realize you don't lack for options because we've talked about the potential for Duran, Foscu. There's plenty of options. But what would you think about like somebody who you would feel comfortable saying, I can plug him in at first, I can plug him in at third for a shorter period of time. He is he's 32, 33. Yeah, he's yeah. not young either. I'm going to say it's going to be tough for him because right okay. now... Yes, Josh Young and Corey Seager might not be ready for opening day. We'll get once we get closer to opening day, we'll have a better understanding of where the calf is and where yes. uh, the sports hernia surgery, Correct. how that is recovering. I look at him and go, "Do I want to open up a forty-man spot when I have Ezekiel Duran, Josh Smith, Justin Foscue, Davis Wenzel, who I gave a couple million dollars to, to out of Baylor?" How much do I want to open up a spot and then have to possibly 15 days, 25 days into the season, then take him off the 40 man? You know, who am I taking off the 40 man? So that that's one of those ones that gets difficult, but I do love having, and I don't know his other side of his contract. I do love having a guy like Matt Duffy when you're a championship contender. I do like having those guys in AAA. So if you do okay. suffer two injuries at the same time, you're like, man, this guy has about eight years in the major leagues and, and the manager knows him well. He knows how to use him well. He knows how he gets along in the clubhouse. So I do love having guys like this on the AAA team ready to fill in. I think you're going to love 
this quote too. Duffy said, I can be a security blanket off the bench. The best teams have depth. So, like, by no means is he like, hey, I'm ready to come in and do this. He's like, I'll do whatever you need. Yeah. All right. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up on the other side, let's talk about some of these pitchers and maybe we'll try to expand it out to the spring training survey as well. We'll do it next right here on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And the 1-2 pinch. And that ball is lifted high into the air, deep left field. Hayes is going back. Back onto the track. He looks up. It is gone! Adolis Garcia will touch them all. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Getting ready to head off to spring training on Sunday. Wanted to talk a little bit more baseball. So here's my quick question. Do you guys want to talk about one of the Rangers' goals for this season or go back to three potential pitchers to keep an eye out on on spring training that could help add to this team? I say we can go quickly, but I do think that's where there's the best ability to make the team out of spring Okay, as a non-roster invitee. So let's talk about another Duffy. This time, it's Danny Duffy. Now, this is another kind of reclamation program uh, um, player because he hasn't pitched in the big leagues for two years, and that's because of shoulder problems. He's 35, trying to get back to the big leagues as a reliever. And so what did the Rangers do with him? They said, we're going to send you to Puerto Rico and see how it goes. While he was in Puerto Rico, his fastball hit 93, which is still lower than like his prime time, but adequate. In 15.2 innings, he gave up zero earned runs. So I'm, I'm not saying, yeah. so he's finished, he's fixed, let, it's ready to roll. But the Rangers are definitely interested because they're like, we're going to send you to Puerto Rico. We're going to see how this goes. It went well, so now let's see if he can translate that to spring training success. I think if he has a good spring training, he's left-handed. I would give him a good chance to make the pen. So I'm not saying he will. I'm just saying he, I think the percentage of him making the team out of spring, if he does really well, uh, is higher. Because if you look at the Rangers' bullpen, you don't feel comfortable right now with the left-handed relievers, especially uh, seventh, eighth inning situation. How long How long into spring training do you think you could feel comfortable with some of those pitchers? Do you think it like even On, spring for somebody like that? Danny Duffy, you're going to have to let it all play out because if you get to March 24th and you're like, hey, man, I think he has a chance and then he goes out there. This is just the way it is because you're kind of trying to work your way onto a team. You go out there and you give up four runs and you get one out. They're going to send you to triple. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. it's going to be like, hey, you know, like that's 
it's too close to opening day. We needed you to really push your way here. So I'm not saying he has to be perfect. He can give up a run. He can have a rough outing here or there. But if he has a, a really rough outing, especially late in spring, they will probably say, let's go down to AAA. They sent, we sent you to Puerto Rico. You showed us you can do it. Now go to Round Rock and show us you can do it a little bit more. And then hopefully a spot opens up for you. Do you want to know another Pitcher who has a very similar story to this, but this time we're going from the right side. Diego Castillo, right-handed pitcher. From 2018 to 2021, he was awesome. He pitched with Tampa Bay and Seattle. Only non-closing reliever to amass 200 innings over that span of four years with a sub-3 ERA. That's it. Him. He's the only one. Here's the issue. Look, Corey... All of these. Why are you saying here's the issue? If they didn't have issues, somebody Why? would sign yeah. into a major league yeah, contract. Absolutely. You know what, Kevin? Start with the bad news first, and then okay. give me okay. the. All right. This is amazing okay. stat. He's lost it because in the last five years, his fastball has dropped five miles an hour. It's down to ninety three. Probably should pass on. How old him, right? is he again? Thirty. Okay, so around thirty is when yeah. most pitchers tend to get velo back. Is what I've been seeing lately. Is that? But that's. <laughs> Yeah, if you magically go to the Astros, yeah, what do you know? Yeah. Everything so, is working. Don't worry again. about me. It's been really fun. All right, it, he's you're going to kind of find out in a hurry on him. I'm not. He still has to pitch well throughout spring, but if we go when we see him pitch, if we get to see him pitch in spring training, we'll have a good idea if there's if there's anything left. Well, now's your good news, Corey. The Texas Rangers decided we also have an assignment for you to go check out. So he went. To the Dominican Republic okay, over the winter. Right. So Puerto Rico for some mofongo, and now uh, yeah. the Dominican Republic. This is really tough for Diego Castillo, as he is from the Dominican Republic. Yeah, so it's really, right. really tough okay, decision going right there. Going home, baby. He went to the Dominican Republic, at which point, while pitching, reports are his fastball is back up to 96 miles an hour. Okay, and so you complimented sandwiched this. See, you, you gave told, me good, yeah, went yeah, bad, gave me yeah. good again. All now, right. Mike, I want to just real quick. Give us a practical application because I know you might be thinking in your head, people are like, oh, three miles per hour. I, and I know the movement is what really matters. Right. But if your fastball can touch 93 versus your fastball can touch 96, how much, if any, impact is that? I always feel like three is the number I want to see for change. Okay. Like if I know this sounds weird, 93 to 95, I don't think affects hitters too much. 93 to 96 can affect a hitter. And you're like, well, it was just one mile an hour. But I'm, I'm working off the 93. I'm not going, hey, 95 to 96 is a big difference. No, that's not. 95 to 98 is. But if you're consistently throwing 93 and then you can consistently throw around 96, you have changed the speed of the hitter making a decision. So the hitter's making a decision at some point when the ball's in the air. And the faster the ball is going, the quicker the decision has to be made by the hitter. That's why sometimes a person would say, yeah, he doesn't have as good a location as you, but the hitter's having to make quicker decisions, and that can lead to more mistakes from the hitter. So 93 to 96, you can get hitters to make worse decisions. And then on top of that, Mike's talking about the decision-making process getting shortened. You have add movement to it. Oh, yeah, And now they sure. start to d- doubt their decision in the middle of their swing sometimes. No, I, I have liked him before. It will be really he interesting was, he to He used see. to be really, really good. Yeah, I mean, he was consistently, if you look at 2020, 
2021, a 166 ERA. It was only 22 games, but it was a 166 ERA and then a 278 ERA in 61 games in 21. So that's not that long ago, but yeah. you'll be able to tell really quickly is he a 96 mile an hour pitcher? Or is he back to 93? And we talked about this quite a bit. There's probably at least three open jobs in the Rangers' bullpen. Now, this is another interesting one. It kind of goes along the idea of Danny Duffy. Chasen Shreve. So, he's another left-handed pitcher, but something to keep an eye out on. Brock Burke. He, he's in the bullpen. He's been around for a minute. Probably. He does have a minor league option remaining. He had trouble down the stretch. I wonder what they see in spring training and if it's enough to make a more radical change where, like, you drop out Brock Burke, maybe you bring in Shreve and Duffy, or there are other options as well, but I wanted to focus on these guys for now. And Brock Burke bounces down to the minors for a bit. I don't think Brock will. Okay. In my opinion, I don't think he will, but I do know that he needs to gain I think early in the major league season, the trust of Bruce Bochy again. And I think Bruce Bochy, we've seen him. He can change his trust from positive to negative, from negative to positive. But if you start, I'll say three appearances. If you have three struggling appearances, he's going to knock you down the list and go, I'm going to try somebody else in this. I'm not just going to keep putting you out there in this situation that you're not successful at three times in a row. You're going to have to go three times in a row in this Less pressure, wor- I don't want to say worse situation, but just it's not a, a game-winning or losing situation. I'll put you in when I can, and if you do well in those, I'll elevate you back up for a game and see if you can do it if the opportunity presents itself. And you better do well there, and I'll give you another chance. But if not, and I think that I don't know when it was, but I felt like they had lost some confidence uh, in him, and he needs to he needs to show that he Brock Burke can get this done. And that does seem to be not only Bochy's mo, but along with Maddox. Maddox knows he has lots of options, you know, to work sure. with. But Bochy's mo seems to be no matter what position you are, he has an idea of who he wants to be out there, and as long as that he can read their confidence very well, that's something that analytics can't really read is, is a dude's confidence. But Bochi has a really good ability to do that. He can see if a guy he's he watches a guy and goes, no, he's in his groove right now. I'm going to ride that. And Derek to- told us last year, Derek Holland told us many times, he is a hot hand guy. And if you have the hot hand, you will continue to go until that hot hand cools off. And that's nothing against you. You just got to refine how to get your hot hand again. Uh, but that's that's going to be his approach, and as long as that, a guy like Brock Burke has it, he'll continue to go to him. And I wanted to say this is really cool from the 469. I'll be at spring training Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and I'll see you guys out there. Absolutely. Say Tolos, hello. Tw- what's that? Say hello. Uh, yes, please. Tolos, Twolos, YouTubers, if you make your way out to spring training next week, we'll be out there. G-Bag Nation will be out there. would love to chit-chat with you guys. Now, my other question here is, and I realize the logical answer is, no, because they won the World Series. But do you think it bothers the Rangers, or do you think the primary goal should be win the division? And again, I get you're like, well, they didn't win the division last year, and they still won the World Series. Yeah. But should that be one of your first big-picture goals is to win this division? Yes, I think that should be your big-picture starting spring training. Now, when you get to mid-August, and I'm, I'm hoping this is the case. Sure. I'm just... 
You're seven games up on the Astros. We There's still plenty of time. Remember, we were 12 games up on the Mariners, and then they won like 15 in a row or something, and we found ourselves tied with them or a game back for a second. So there's, But you look at it like, hey, we're comfortable in our division, and this is where that kind of Pat Mahomes attitude comes in, and yeah. I'm not sure who that person is on the Rangers, and I think they have multiple people. You go, no, 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 no. Right now, I'm just throwing out a team. Baltimore is a game behind us. We want that home. Maybe they don't want home field. Maybe like, can we just play all the playoff games on the road? Yeah. But you, you kind of start looking at, at other situations. And we see in baseball, the best team, I think, last year was the Atlanta Braves. And even though they had a great record and it looked like they are going to go to the World Series, it didn't happen. So you do also, I don't know how to do this. Mark McLemore has told me about this. Oh, they got hot too early. Other people will talk about that. Like with Seattle, yeah. he's like, yeah, this is this is scary, but they're they're peaking too early. And I'm like, well, what do you tell your guys? Hey, guys, stop playing so good right now. Yeah. Uh, can you guys slow it down? Because we need to start peaking at the end of September and then end October. And the Rangers peaked in the playoffs. They didn't even peak at the end of September. So I don't know how you get them. <laughs> I don't know That's how you get point. them to peak in October. Uh, and, you know, when they're playing great in a certain stretch of games, like, dang it, we're playing too good too soon. And the, the interesting aspect about that is Bochi said something this week. He said, some teams may look at us as a target, but I'm hoping we look at other teams as a target. That's going to be our mindset. Because if you're the Rangers, I think you're in a great position where people seem to continue to disrespect their title run. And now you can be like, you know who's a target? Baltimore, because they're the American League favorites. Do you know who else is a target? The Houston Astros, because they won the division yet again. So let's take them out mm -hmm. as much as they're looking at us as the world champions. I think that's a cool place to be. I love this line from Travis Jankowski, and it looks like it's a Bill Jones piece that he did. He said, uh, we do have a slow heart rate team. Uh, guys like Seager and Marcus and Evan Carter all play with a slow heart rate. So staying even keel is from game to game, like Mike is saying, yeah. maintaining 162. But sometimes you need that guy who injects energy and emotion, and that's a dolus. It'll be interesting. I agree with that. It'll be interesting <laughs> oh, with yeah, Wyatt yes. Langford because obviously he's a, he seems like a humble young man. But you did see emotion watching him play in the College World Series. I don't know how it carries over into professional baseball when you're playing pretty much seven days a week. There's a big difference in the emotions of college baseball versus professional baseball. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with all that. So hopefully you guys are digging all the baseball talk as we get ready for spring training. Really wanted to go in the weeds on some of this and be like, hey, you know, I know we talked about Jack Leiter and Owen White and the people that you probably know, but let's talk about the Duffies. Let's talk about Castillo. Like, let's really dive in. You wanted to really get into the muck, huh? Hey. Yes, I do. You they really deserve it. They're the butter. World Series champions. Damn right. We're the KNC masterpiece. I was there. Right here. You were. We were I saw at home. We, Well, I mean, we I was there. We were here in studio. I was opening up popcorn during emotional moments. It was really funny. Chris, can you do me a favor? I We've got to have it saved somewhere. If you can go back to that night we won the World Series and find Jared being emotional with Eric Nadell and Matt and Look. Mike just crapping all over that by opening popcorn and Halloween candy. Dude, I'm on it. All right. <laughs> Coming up next, baseball nuggets with Mr. Insensitive to the moment himself, Mike Bassick. And an old pitcher. Well, he's not pitching anymore, but he pitched till he's 49 years old. Jamie Moyer, hopefully, on 105.3 The Fan. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan right now. It's time for Baseball Nuggets with Mike Bassick, and I'm going to let you introduce 
our special guest. All right, we have our special guest who's a former Texas Ranger. I don't know if many people know that. They're probably going to know him more as a Seattle Mariner, but it is Jamie Moyer. Jamie, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Mike. How are you? I'm doing great. I want to tell people just a little bit of a story that you might not recall, but it made a big impact on me. My first ever game in the major leagues was Cleveland versus Seattle. And the next day after the game was over, and you might not remember this, but it was the game where you guys were leading 14-2 to in the game. I helped get you guys a 12-run lead. You weren't part of <laughs> that game, but the Cleveland Indians ended up coming back and winning that game in extra innings. And the next day, I'm out shagging baseballs, doing the bucket, and you came up to me and you talked to me for a good 5 to 15 minutes and just talked about what you saw from me, what I could work on and I just was I was in awe. I couldn't believe that Jamie Moyer was coming up to me and just saying, "Hey, let me talk to you about what you were doing out there and what I liked it and what maybe you could improve on." So, I know I never got to talk to you again, but thank you so much 23 years later for that moment. Well, I do remember, uh, and I do remember the game. Uh, one of my good friends, Aaron Sealy, uh, started that game. And, uh, boy, as far as the game goes, it was just, you know, it kept going downhill, downhill, downhill. And it, it was like it was uh, one of those roller coasters that was off the tracks and you were never going to get it back on. So, uh, yeah, that was a tough one for us to watch. I'm sure a fun game for Indians and Indian fans. Uh, and as far as uh, uh, your outing, you know, I don't remember the outing exactly, but I, when I, you know, was asked to do this and your name came up, I was like, oh my gosh, I do remember being at his first major league start. So it's kind of interesting, right? And you know how the lefties kind of stick together, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> so I think my intent there was, you know, I know what it's like to kind of feel like you're uh, out on a boat all by yourself in the middle of the ocean. And that's probably some of the feelings that you were having that day. I've been there myself. So hence uh, to try to give some support. Now, in preparation for this interview, I do believe Mike Bassick has looked up his statistics against you and your statistics against him. Now, Jamie, you're not going to remember this, but then a couple of years later, we did face off against each other at Shea Stadium. And I knew that I didn't win the game. I couldn't recall what happened. I remember you struck me out, though. And so I do remember that. <laughs> I battled you to, I think, a 3-2 count and maybe fouled off a couple pitches. It might have only been 2-2, two and two, but I fouled off a couple two-strike pitches. And you jammed me tremendously. I don't know what the speed of, of the pitch was. Probably, you know, low 80s. But you went back inside, and I can. I want you to kind of talk about this. Is I'm not wanting to talk specifically, and you got a hit off of me in that game too. Is <laughs> is specifically you were able to make your 80 to 83 mile an hour fastball faster than what the radar gun would say. So I would love for you to explain somewhat of your pitching style and how you could make an 82-mile-an-hour fastball get by a major league hitter? Well, I mean, I'm trying to give you the – I'll give you the short version because I could yeah. talk about this all day and love talking about it. But, you know, it, it's pitching is – you know, we've heard this time and time again in the game of baseball, location, location, location. So regardless of what kind of fastball you have, 
excluding, you know, in today's terms, you know, where they're throwing 100 miles an hour, guess what? Guys are still catching up to that, too. So, you know, whether you're on the bottom end or the top end, uh, you know, you got to, you know, if you're on the bottom end, you got to locate it. And and the slower it is, I think the more you have to locate it. Uh, Movement uh, is key. Uh, getting the ball closer to the hitter's eyes. Now, uh, obviously, under their chin, uh, at their eyes. Yeah, that serves a purpose, but at 83, it doesn't serve as big of a purpose. So when I say closer to their eyes, you know, inside, maybe slightly elevated, something moving down and in off the plate, showing hitters that you can throw pitches to both sides of the plate for strikes, especially with your fastball, and then if you have a good changeup that you can create the same kind of arm speed and throw a pitch, you know, my changeup in my, I think in my prime was probably about 12 miles an hour different. Wow. And I think that's, that's what came, that's what allowed me, and I could locate it for a strike. I could make it look like a strike out of hand, but when it got to home plate, it wasn't a strike. So again, it, that's where the deception comes in. And then, you know, having the ability, the ability to back it up. And as I got into the game and played long enough, I realized every hitter has an ego. Every, <laughs> every human being has some sort of an ego, but in baseball, every hitter has an ego and some bigger than others. And learning how to play with egos was uh, another big thing too. Oh, I'll th- I throw two changeups in a row. Oh, he'll never throw me a third one. Oh boy, here it comes, you know. That kind of thing, or he won't throw that ball, that same pitch, away again on me. Well, I'll throw it away, but I'll throw it maybe a little further down, but a little further off the plate. Learning about the hitters that could, would be willing to chase pitches off the plate, away, below the zone, down, uh, balls that would be in. Because, uh, again, if if I recall, you know, back in my era, in my younger era, you know, the major league average velocity was about 87 miles an hour. So I was below the speed limit. <laughs> so, and to me, I always believed you had to pitch below the speed limit or above the speed limit. Did you ever have follow-up conversations with maybe some of the more egotistical players and they would come back to you and be like, I still can't believe you got me out. And in the back of your mind, oh, you're yeah. like, yeah, yeah, I know. That's how yeah. I got you out. <laughs> Exactly. And I think we've all had those types of, you know, whether they be teammates at the time, they're like, how do you pitch with that crap? Right? <laughs> or, or, you know, I, I can't believe, or, you know, you got, I've had teammates, you know, you know, say, you know, I love playing behind you. You work quick, uh, you throw strikes. Um, and I, yeah, I don't understand how you get away with what you get away with. And I'm like, well, you know, you gotta, it's, it's, and the other part, it's about the presentation, your mountain presence. Um, you know, I had the good fortune when I played in with the Rangers, uh, to play with a guy by the name of Nolan Ryan. Yep. Unbelievable mountain presence. And I had a, the, the opportunity to play with a guy by the name of Charlie Huff, mm-hmm. who had great mountain we presence. We love him. Through a completely, <laughs> yeah, he's a wonderful man. And both of them are. And Charlie had wonderful mound presence and threw knuckleballs. So, you know, I mean, having experiences in my younger career, my youthful part of my career, seeing in Texas, again, play with Kevin Brown, play with Bobby Witt, played with Kenny Rogers, you know, all different types of pitchers. 
Uh, and, you know, during the course of my career, I had a chance, you know, playing as long as I did, played with all kinds of pitchers, you know, played with a Cy Young Award uh, winner as a really young pitcher, Rick Sutcliffe. Um, you know, so, again, had different experience. And then as I started to mature and understand things, I started to really pay attention to pitchers across the field. Uh, a Cliff Lee, uh, uh, Andy Pettit, a Jimmy Key, uh, a Tom Glavin. You know, you start to study those guys. Even though I'm not that person, you can learn by watching. Uh, when Jimmy Key, when we, when I played with the Mariners and Jimmy Key would come through a bullpen and uh, the Kingdom, if you recall, the Kingdom bullpen was down the right field line with no fences around it, I'd go sneak over like I was shagging fly balls in the outfield and I'd stand 20, 30 feet behind him and watch him throw his bullpen. So, I mean, it's just, uh, you find ways to try to get better. Is that, was that and, also, you, you rolled out 30 games a year for pretty much your entire career. Is that another thing you kind of peaked on how guys were keeping themselves yeah. healthy too? Yeah. Well, I think that, look, in, in, in that era, um, you know, if you weren't healthy and you weren't making starts, guess what? They had somebody else. Uh, you were probably either on the DL or you were back in the minor leagues, and neither of those places were places you wanted to be. And sometimes it was hard to get your job back if the guy replacing you was pitching well. So, you know, the, that earnest was on me. The health side of it, I, I believed. And, again, I played with in my younger years. I played with some guys that were really hard workers, that were really dedicated. And you hear that about every player that plays the game. I get it. Um, but you all, I also played with some guys that had some longevity. And, uh, and, and having the opportunity to watch them uh, do their work between starts, to me, my four days between starts, I learned, were my most important days. My, I worked four days really hard to get to that fifth day. And that fifth day previous to me allowed me to get to that fifth day ahead of me but it's what I did I didn't sit back for four days in between starts and do nothing uh, there was you know some video preparation or notes that I would take uh, you know weight room uh, training room uh, conditioning uh, being a good teammate um, and and you know and watching games and learning uh, it, it's amazing how much you can sit on a bench and watch a game and you can learn, or you can sit in the stands and, and watch players individually and learn. There's a lot of non-communication going on in a baseball game, and you know, picking up on that kind of stuff is really important. Jamie, you got to win the World Series in 2008 with the Philadelphia Phillies. Our Texas Rangers win the World Series this last season. What is it like defending a championship the next year? Well, it, it, it's it's not easy. Uh, you know, you get the target on your back, uh, but still you have to go out and play. And a lot of things have to fall into place, number one, to win a world championship, as you saw last year, and how wonderful of a season did the Rangers have. Um, and, and now you've got to kind of put that behind you and build off of it. Uh, again, knowing that your offseason was a little shorter, right? Yeah, and compared compared to what you normally have, and um, you know maybe focus wasn't there in the off season, 
So as a skipper, and your skipper uh, seems to have a pretty good handle on baseball and baseball personalities and and, and abilities and successes and failures. So uh, you got a you know a, a guy at the helm that that's been down this slippery slope before. Now it's a matter is getting the players uh, you know back focused, back on course, uh, healthy. Uh, health is a huge thing. And um, you know, not resting on their laurels, uh, you gotta, you gotta again continue to dangle that carrot and create that hunger. Uh, and look, players individually and as a group do not want to be embarrassed. So uh, you know, you're, you you want to go out there and work hard and prove that you know what you did previously was you know what you are as a team, what you are as an organization. And, uh, you know, the microscope that's, that's watching uh, that team gets bigger. Well, Jamie, I could ask you questions until the sun do goes long, down yeah. today. Uh, we got to go to break. The advertisers would get mad. Is there <laughs> any way, Jamie, we can give you a call during this Rangers season and, and talk more baseball yeah. to you? I'd love to. I love talking baseball. Well, thank you so much. 269-game winner, Jamie Moyer, former Texas Ranger in 89 and 90. Have a great weekend, Mr. Moyer. You as well. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. There you go. Jamie great. Moyer right here on 105.3 The Fan. You look absolutely giddy. He right? has so much knowledge. Yes. Yeah. He made the major leagues in 1986. His last year in the majors was 2012. So when I was that, eight years old, real. he made the major yeah. leagues. In 2012, he is now exiting the major leagues. He pitched at 49 years old. I didn't even get to the question. We ran out of time, and we're out of time now for me to explain. But what's it like going to spring training in your 20s versus when you're in your 40s? That is a very good question. Coming up next, how the Mavs can avoid last season's second-half swoon. We'll do it next right here on The Fan. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.